This is Mortification of Spin, a bully pulpit from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. We can continue only with your help. Visit mortificationofspin.org to make a donation or call 1-800-488-1888. After the podcast, listen for details on how you can receive a free resource. Well, welcome to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, the shorter podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. In line with our recent practice, uh, uh, Todd, Amy, and myself are on location. We're actually in Amy's kitchen in West Virginia this week, where Amy is baking her favorite dessert, every square inch brownies. And uh, guys, I'm working on my my new book. Uh, It's going to be published in about uh, two years' time. It's the gospel-centered guide to classic rock music Excellent. and i'm just completing the chapter on complementarian rock <laughs> uh it's a little known fact actually that many of the classic rock bands of the the 60s 70s and 80s were committed complementarians they saw definite different roles for men and women and this comes through in their their music i'm mean, thinking for example of uh, zz top uh, every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man yes. Um, Led Zeppelin, of course, living, loving maid. She's just a woman. Uh, very, very profound. Um, the Rolling Stones, I think, were the, the flag bearers for uh, a strict hier- male-female male, yes. hierarchy with their, their great hit, Under My Thumb. Um, particularly sensitive, I think, in its approach to the, the female species, that one. And, of course, who could forget Todd's favorite track, Motley Crue, Girls, Girls, Girls. So, <laughs> I think Very there's a lot of lot of potential here for me for bringing the the old Christian life and worldview yeah. to bear on the the consumption of of classic rock music. I mean, that's Carl, going to be a big step, Carl. That's going to be a big step in uh, taking back the culture. Really, uh, it uh, is transforming the culture. It is. Well, I, you seem to be leaving out like uh, "Hit Me with Your Best Shot," sure, Barracuda. Speak for oh, uh, the women here a little bit. Yeah, I, they, they might be confusing the roles a bit, though. There, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think a healthier dose of of Motley Crue would be would be helpful there. Well, yeah, if think... anybody would uh, push me to want to be a feminist, I think that uh, Carl and Todd, <laughs> <laughs> you two, will be the ones. That's what we're here for. <laughs> well, you're not the first woman to have said that to me, actually, uh, Amy. So uh, <laughs> I'm just going to whip up some of my sustainable Sundays here and uh, oh, perfect, try to perfect. change your mind. Well, free range, free range uh, ice cream would be great. Made well, from am... my own pet cows. They're members of the cattle union too. So. Excellent. I am glad to see that you're you're integrating your faith in your vocation here, uh, Amy. Mm-hmm. Perhaps yes. you'd like to elaborate that for for the audience somewhat. Yeah. Um. It seems to be a popular idea now and a very romantic one that uh, we can transform our culture. And I just think that maybe today we could talk about that issue and do our cultural goods and our vocations play a role in the redemption of the whole earth? What do you think, guys? Well, I think, I, I think first of all, that it's clear that Carl must be against integrating faith with vocation. Right, Carl? Oh, absolutely. I think they should be kept in two entirely different spheres. <laughs> uh. 
Well, is there a difference between um, Christianizing something like baking or yoga yeah. or soccer and yeah. just being a Christian in them and participating right. with our unbelieving neighbors as as Christian citizens in yeah. the civil kingdom? Yeah, you know, some of my some of my concern is that when everything has to be quote gospel centered, we end up trivializing that very concept. And so I think to even begin to have a discussion about how we can um, bake gospel-centered cupcakes means that we've probably gone down a flawed road um, in the whole discussion. Because I, I really do think it ends up trivializing the whole matter. Yeah, and what does it even mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I think Luther had great insights here in the Reformation yes. when he really saw that that what made something Christian was not necessarily or particularly that the method that one used in doing it was not the uh, a specific technique. It was the fact that one did something to the glory of God. Luther yeah. writes a number of very important treaties in the 1520s where he asks, you know, he'll ask a question at one point, you know, can, a, can the hangman be a Christian hangman? Mm. And the answer is, yes, he can if he serves the civil magistrate faithfully and wisely and does it to the glory of God. And I think one, one of the things that, that we see with the, what I would call the, the sort of the excessive Kuyperian approach to mm. uh, Christianity and culture is that there seems to be this idea that there has to be a Christian approach to everything. Well, yes, there is. And that Christian approach is you do your legitimate earthly calling to the glory of God yeah. and for the benefit of your neighbor. That's what makes it Christian. It's not a particular technique that one uses. Right. Uh, it's a really very, very simple thing. Yeah. And, so, and so the danger could lie in us becoming so self-conscious about making something Christian or making something gospel-centered that, um, that, that we end off veering off at that point. The, the, the point about, so, so we don't need gospel-centered cupcakes. Um, I was going to say when my wife makes cupcakes, but that's really, really sexist. So when I make <laughs> cupcakes, I don't have to worry about making gospel-centered <laughs> cupcakes. I, I just make cupcakes, and I happen to be a Christian. Todd, and they should I, taste good. I mean, if you're going to do it for the glory right. of God. They, they should yeah. taste good, and they should be filled with plenty of preservatives so they're still good like two weeks from now. I am confident, Todd, that no cupcake you make could possibly bring glory to God. <laughs> it probably would. It probably would. But I'm going to tell you this. It would have tons of butter and sugar in it. Oh, well, yes. The, the mayor of New York would probably have something to say. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. They're probably illegal in Manhattan, I would imagine. They, they, by now they are. I mean, I can demonstrate to you the, the problems of trying to Christianize things uh, in, in one word. Striper. <laughs> rock music that is self-consciously christian is very very bad rock music we don't need it we don't want it it brings no glory to to anyone i well, don't that, think that leads was, to it, the was question, it hank then. hill who pointed that out it was hank hill who pointed out <laughs> that they were not making uh rock better they were oh, no they were not making was it christianity better they were making rock worse, worse yeah. <laughs> yeah well that leads to the question does God equip Christians better than unbelievers for cultural work. And I think this is very humbling for us to see that, okay, if, if we were to Christianize rock music or transform the rock music industry for Christ or redeem it, well, then wouldn't Christians be doing the better guitarists? 
Yeah. Think of the cupcakes. Who would you rather have a cupcake from the good Jewish baker at the corner of your street or from Todd Pruitt? <laughs> uh, again, you know, very, I, very I rest good my point. case. Yes. Oh, very good point. Who do you want? Who do you want fixing the brakes on your car? Do you want a competent person, or do you want to find a person who's a Christian? I would say the only criterion for finding somebody to fix the brakes on your car is can they do the job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and we don't need to sanctify our vocations to make them very meaningful. I mean, all of creation is under the great commandment to to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. I mean, un- unbelievers are also under that commandment. Mm-hmm. And the law is actually written on their heart to to strive in some of those ways so we can work with them. And when we put this word redemption in there, which is the redemptive rule of Christ in the church— well, that involves making something holy. Hmm. And so yeah. I don't think we're going to make rock music holy or mechanics holy. They're common activities, and that is good. Yeah. And, of course, the other problem with the, the, the way the cultural mandate plays out in, in our kind of reform circles, I guess, uh, is it's so middle class. It's mm-hmm. all theater producers and artists and uh, it's a million miles away from what most people in our congregations have to deal with each day. They're working on factory floors. Uh, they're working in low-paid jobs at McDonald's or, you know, Gennady's or Acme or somewhere like that. And the question is, do their jobs not have an intrinsic God-glorifying aspect to them? Well, yes, they should. They should be able to be, do them for the glory of God. But you never get conferences on Christian mm. shelf stacking. I mean, some of the pushback I've had on stuff I've written in this past is, yes, but we could have. Well, yeah, you could have, but you don't. It's not sexy because, enough, Carl. Yeah, <laughs> people, who, people who stack shelves haven't got the money to, to waste on going to a right. conference about it. So it is so, I, I hate to use Marxist language here, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's so <laughs> bourgeois. Yeah. The whole Christian cultural thing, the way it plays out in these gospel-centered circles, it's, oh, it's ghastly and bourgeois. Right, right. And of course, all of this means that the three of us are against anything being gospel centered. I think we can agree on that. (laughs) Um, Now, you know, again, the point is, is that my fear is that this really good um, recovery 10 to 15 years ago of 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 the centrality of the gospel is going to be cheapened by a lot of this talk and a lot of these unnecessary applications. I, you you know, Carl, you you were mentioning and, and when my wife comes home and she works at a hospital, when, when she comes home, I don't want her to have to spend time exploring how the tacos she's making uh, can be gospel-centered. Just the, the fact that she's helping to care for her family mm-hmm. is, is her God-given vocation, and it's good in and of itself. So you yeah. make your wife cook for you. Absolutely. And I make her listen to the Rolling Stones and Motley Crue while she's listening. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you make a good point. It's a, it's a cheap representation when we get so caught up in how we can be gospel-centered in all our cultural activities. It's a cheap representation for the real Christian activity. And when we, have, right. when we talk about the mission of the church and the great commission that Christ gave us, there's nothing in there about us transforming and redeeming the culture in a direct sense. It's Christ who is redeeming a people for himself. Right. Yeah. Yep. And we, and, and we, that's a great point. 
And we trust that what is preached on a Sunday does form and shape people's characters in a way that does transform how they operate Absolutely. as members of civic society, will influence how they think about politics and how they think about art. But we don't do it in a direct way. We expect the incremental work of the spirit uh, mm-hmm. through the word to be to be doing that in their lives. And it comes down to doing all of these things to the glory of God, not developing special techniques or special Christian callings for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I, and I think this is probably a discussion we can tease out further at another time because it matters. This is, uh, I think, an example, a good example of casual conversation about things that count. And mm-hmm. I, I think um, until next time, my, my goal right now is to uh, to run out to my car and get some of the. Uh, um, synthetically uh, engineered chickens I brought over to Amy's house <laughs> and uh, uh, the processed sugar products that I have um, for... Uh, well, I'll for send you off with some of my detox little Debbies I made. <laughs> that, that would be great. Now, are they plant-based? Well, <laughs> I snuck in some kale and some chia seeds there, and hopefully I've disguised it enough that Todd won't notice. Right. I only eat well, I a plant-based you, diet these days. Well, I can tell you that the chickens I have are sustainable because they are grown in a Petri dish. So um, that's, <laughs> right. the, that's the important thing. So anyway, for, for my friends uh, Carl and Amy, uh, this is Todd Pruitt, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. This has been a Bully Pulpit from Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Just for listening, we'd like to give you a free resource. Visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, to find a link to the download. Mortification of Spin is a production of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Alliance ministries include Reformation21.org, Every Last Word with Philip Reichen, and events held from Florida to Sacramento. To learn more about the Alliance, visit AllianceNet.org or call 800-488-1888. We can only continue to bring you Mortification of Spin with your support. To make a donation, please visit MortificationOfSpin.org or call 800-488-1888. Please listen again and don't forget your free download.